Hello and welcome to Jumpstart Weekly, the weekly manga podcast where every week we read all the chapters of Shonen Jump on Viz's website, as well as another collected volume of manga. I'm your host, Jeremy. And I'm your host, Kevin. This week we read Bakuman Volume 2 because we are going to be reading a volume of Bakuman every month for the rest of the year. Yeah. We will talk about that after a mostly full Shonen Jump. No My Hero this week. No. Nope. Other than that, it felt nice and full. Yeah. 19 chapters. Yep. I was going to say, did you remember to read Hell's Paradise? Because yes. I went today to take some notes on something. It's like, oh, that came out. Because I read all these on Saturday before it was out. Yeah, I read them on Sunday. So, because I knew they came out on Friday, but didn't have time. And I was like, oh, I'll just read them Sunday. I, I didn't. I was super bored on Saturday and in a situation where I couldn't do much. Yeah. I was like, I wonder if I got really lucky and Shonen Jump came out early this week. Oh, hell yeah. So yeah. then I read it then. Starting with One Piece, Chapter 972, I am Odin and I was born to boil, which is a good chapter name. Yes. What did you think of the chapter, Kevin? I think it was also a good chapter. I really liked, I liked the emotional moments in this more than last, last week's. Week? Yeah. Me too, definitely. This definitely felt like how this arc should kind of end. There might be one more chapter of this flashback, but I kind of think we'll flash forward after this. Yeah, I think I think they're planning to flash forward. Like, they even had the toki player uh, the guy playing the instrument in a couple of panels so it made it really seem like all right we're gonna end this flashback arc so odin's like hey i'm definitely going to die in here but that's fine just open the country stop having it be closed yes well i really like where he was like we closed the country for a good reason at the time we don't need to be worried about that reason anymore you should open the country and of course, during this whole event, he gets all of the people to fall in love with him all over again. They're like, oh my god, I can't believe all this stuff that happened. How is he still standing in the pot? And then, so, two minutes before he ends up dying, Orochi changes it to death by firing squad. Yeah. And I love that Kaido comes up with a gun. He's like, man, that was impressive. Well, so the thing that I really like is, so Orochi is like, ten minutes ago, I changed it to death by firing squad because he like he succeeded and so kaido is just kind of like he's not going to even he's not like i'm not going to shoot you because orochi demanded that it's death by firing squad i'm going to shoot you because you're worthy of dying by my hand kind of thing like i'm going to take you out as a warrior we're not going to let some random scrub firing squad you yeah i really like that it's like the most character kaido's gotten yes other than being like big mom's ex-crewmate yeah no it was very good i really liked that i will give you a warrior's death like you succeeded and he like you notice he doesn't go after any of the samurai that he easily probably at this point could have overpowered like he doesn't even transform he's like odin i'm here to kill you because that's kind of what i decided but you did win my challenge so the rest of you guys get to go free yeah it was pretty good which brings us to demon slayer chapter 195 bewilderment what did you think of Demon Slayer this week, Kevin? I really liked it, and that was one hell of a final page. Yeah, the final page is maybe the thing I like the least about it. I give, I definitely get what you're on about. Seems like the wrong, wrong phrase. I'm not British. I get where you're coming from. You you didn't like the reveal that Nezuko's turning back into a human? I mean, I don't hate it, and especially if the series is going to end, that's fine. But I kind of don't want the series to end with the success it's having. I don't think it should. And I think that unfortunately takes away a lot of Nezuko's agency. It doesn't have to. 
And so the series can definitely prove me wrong in this regard. Well, so the thing is, where would the series go? That's a great question. It would- like, sure, I would, you know, it's that, oh, I would love this to for it to continue. But I kind of like that the author seems to be going like, yeah, no, I'm, I'm wrapping up the story. Like, I had this story planned out. That's why it was so good. And now it's going to end. Do we have any confirmation that Demon Slayer is ending? It no. seems like it is. I don't think we have any confirmation. We're just making assumptions based on cuz I like I haven't seen anything and it's been super popular, but it just seems that way with like where could it go? They're literally going to kill Mu like e- they're going to kill Muzan. It looks like yes, they have announced that this will be the last arc. Okay. So So from that perspective, that actually kind of bumps it up in my book a little bit. Yeah, like I I really liked it and the rest of the chapter was also pretty good. Yeah, I definitely liked the stuff with the snake Hashira some more. I like Muzan just being like running away. Yes. Uh it didn't quite have the normal quality of the fighting, but it was still pretty good. Yeah. I also did like Tanjiro just throwing swords at Muzan and yes. Muzan being like shit right now piercing attacks are even worse than cutting attacks because if I get impaled with a sword I'm slowed down. So Tanjiro's literally running past all of the fallen allies, just, just throwing, throwing their swords, their at, swords him. at him. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's so good. Yeah, I definitely like the chapter. Yeah, um, it was very good. That will bring us to something that's not ending soon, we hope. Guardian of the Witch number four, Attack. What did you think of Guardian of the Witch this week, Kevin? It was fairly good. I got slightly annoyed at the... So they make it to the first village, and... Fafnir is like, okay, we're going to hang out here. Like, he's telling the he's telling the witch, which I think is Mana. I wrote her name down this. Nope, I was going to write her name down this week and did it. It's like Manasfa or something yeah, like that. Yeah, it's difficult to pronounce. He's like, you know, you don't need to be worried about people. But in his head, he's going like, yeah, you don't need to worry at all. I'm going to sneak in in the dead of night and take the supplies. Like, we're not going to meet with them. But she trips and falls down the hill basically into the village. And the village elder walks up and he throws some confetti in the air and is like, welcome, we're super all about greeting people. And I was like, this just seemed very shonen tropey of the heroes meet up with this random village that's like, we know you're wanted fugitives, but you seem like good people, like based on no knowledge whatsoever. See, ironically to me, I was super expecting the general swerve where it's really a bandit town, like the opening of Barak Works in One Piece, for okay. example. So it didn't seem like, oh, this is a cunning twist, but I feel like either would have been cliche, but this seemed like the less cliche to me. It did. Right like, now. Yeah. Like I said, it wasn't, it didn't super annoy me, and it's still, it was still a really good chapter. I like the start of the fight between. I don't re- Ruli is the guardian, okay. other guardian's name, and Ren is the other witch. Yeah. I like the start of the fight between them. Like, that seems really cool. But it was just that that one little detail of, like, I, I would have liked if it was, like, I've seen the thing where, like, the heroes meet up with somebody on the road, help them out, get to the village, and then people are like, you actually seem like good people. And there's you a, helped this person. You helped, yeah, you helped one of our village members for no reason, like, that makes you seem like a good person rather than like the village elder walked up and just went, you seem like shonen protagonists. I like you. I rolled a 20 on my sense motive. Yes. Probably fine. I mean, you'll probably still bring a giant battle to our village. That'll destroy it. It won't because you caused it. Yeah. So like I said, good. Just that little thing 
And it's just the the cliche of it irked me just a little bit. That will bring us to Act Age Scene 102. Goal! What did you think of this chapter, Kevin? This is also very good. Yes, it's got those strong Vegeta vibes from Chio. Yes. Which is all I want from Act Age, frankly. Yep. I really liked how they decided to kind of like artificially create that moment for Chio where she starts the play, the play starts in pitch black, like just ev- all the lights go down and everyone's like, oh God, what's going on? And they're talking about how the director is like really good at drawing, like forcing people to feel emotions. So he's like, he's really good at using this fear to then bring them joy and happiness. Like he's good at like balancing both. So it starts out in pitch blackness. Then Chio shows up, but her face is hidden behind a fan. And she's like running through the audience and you can't see her face at all. So everyone's like, oh, it's making you like super interested to see this person because you can't see her face. But like she's super pretty and looks beautiful. And you're like, I I want to see her. So you're automatically invested in her character because you can't see her face. Yeah. And then I really like the internal monologue, too, where she's like, yeah, I didn't care that like your acting slipped or that you messed up. I care that you were not infuriated and in thinking about me, me yeah. while you were doing it. Yeah, how dare you not be angry at me? How dare I not be the source of your anger? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I also really love, so the director... Yeah, I was going to ma- bring this up okay. too, but go on. The director is making a play and he's like, you know, oh, I can't believe you're doing this play. He was like, well, I've had this idea for a movie. And he was like, what if I found some, this no-name promising actress that I wanted her to star in? And then what if I wanted to get Japan's top idol and get her to star or her to support her? And I wanted to use this great Japanese actor who's been, you know, basically kicked out of the country. And he's like, what would I need to do to make all of these things happen? And it's like, oh, his plan is coming together flawlessly. Yeah. And it's been a question of why is he directing a play when he is a movie guy the entire time? Yeah. Too. So I really like that, too. He's like, if this messes up, like, it delays my plan by five years. So yep. I have to make this play work. Yeah. So he's like, I need to make this play work. And he was, I like the fact that they were like, I thought you were a movie director. He's like, well, I mean, I've also directed a commercial. <laughs> he directed that one music video, too. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. So I really like that. This is kind of like, it seems where Act Age is going with him being like, yeah, I want to make this movie. So, like, that'll probably be, if not the next major arc, then... A couple down the road. Yeah, I really like it, too. Yeah. That brings us to Samurai 8, Chapter 39, Sneak Attack. What about this one, Kevin? There's some... Oh, uh, sorry. I I was thinking about the end of this and totally skipped over the beginning. I was like, the beginning's amazing. (laughs) Yes, I agree with you. The beginning's amazing. And the end sure is Samurai 8 on its bullshit, huh? Yeah. (laughs) Which, to be fair, I want to like Samurai 8's bullshit. When you write it down on paper, I like it. Yeah. So Samurai 8's bullshit is Ada has shown up and they're this is like endgame Naruto where they're just like, I'm just going to throw out techniques at you. Also, I mean, I mean a giant avatar of myself fighting in space. Yes. Literally, my only note is space fight because that's all I care about. Yeah. And it has a cool element of it. So apparently Ada was a student of both. Daruma and the dog sensei that's with him and he's like I'm the only samurai to have ever learned two schools and they're like oh we know all like you know all of his techniques from that school I know all of his techniques from that school we can block anything that he throws at us and his first thing is like well let me show you their combination and 
is like going into his attack. I was like, that's actually kind of neat where they're like, God, we know all of your moves. He was like, no, you know, all of the individual moves, but I have figured out a way to blend them into something different, which seems cool. But would you like to talk about the beginning of the chapter, which was much better than the ending? Yeah, because it's just Anna Hachimaru talking. Uh, there's not a lot of revealed information. We already kind of knew Anne's backstory. It's just the two of them talking to one another. The thing I really like is Daruma is like guarding them and Ryu and the thief whose name doesn't come to my mind. Like, walk San, up. San, Sen, something like it's, it's something super simple. Senna. And, like, Daruma draws his sword to stop them from following, but then he is fine with them just listening in, like, schoolgirls against the wall. And I really like that they're all, like, pressed against it, just eavesdropping. Yeah, well, because he's like, no, don't, don't interrupt them. Like, yeah. that's the reason that he stops them, is like, no, Hachimaru needs this. I just really like, the, not the contrast, but he doesn't, like, make them go away. Yes. <laughs> no further. You, you can stay here and listen, though. Anyway, it's, like I said, Anne just giving her backstory to Hachimaru that we already know, and him being like, ah, so that's, like, how you saw me. And I really like, he's like, so, like, you were worried that I wasn't seeing you for you, but really, you weren't seeing me, me for, for me. Me for me, yep. I really like that bit. And I also like his reconciliation of, he's like, well, that's fine, now I can be Hachimaru to you, and he's like, let's start over again. Yeah. Although, the bit where she's, he's like, yeah, and I'll protect you because you're you, that Fell a little flat to me. I don't necessarily think Hachimaru is lying or anything. It just, like, it's the cliche romantic thing to say. Yeah. And I don't really know that Hachimaru can really appreciate her. I don't know. But, like, maybe that's where the manga's going. Yeah. Well, and I also feel like even though he might not be at that stage in the relationship, he might have sensed that's what she wanted him to say. Like, no, I can see you for you. Anne, the person, not my princess. Yeah. I do like it. Yep. It was much better than the end, like you said. Yep. Which brings us to Dr. Stone, Chapter 140, New World Pilots. What do you think of Dr. Stone, since we're talking about it for the first time in a long time, in any detail? Yes. Even though I read this all yesterday, I still don't. Not a lot of happened, actually. Like, no. Soyaz is like, hey, I'm going to stay here. We're going to try to unpetrify all the islands. The big thing is like, okay, we're going to need to make a spaceship, and it's going to have to be small. So we have to have like a really talented crew. So obviously Ryusei is going to be the pilot. Yep. We will send whoever the best scientist is. Yes. And they're all like, well, yeah, that's going to be you. Yeah, I do like that Senku is like, we'll send the best scientist. Everyone's like, that's you, Senku. <laughs> and I love the psychic Gen? Yeah. Gin? I think it's Gen. I don't know, Gen. though. I don't remember. Uh, G-E-N is how you spell it. Yes. Is like... Of course, that's the completely Senku way of saying I'm going. Yeah. Well, I think Senku's being serious. He's like, if someone's a better scientist to me, I will send them. Yes. But we also know there won't be. So. Yeah. And he's like, and we'll need someone to fight. And even though I just had a really cute semi-romantic moment with Kohaku that I don't really read as romantic because I kind of read Senku as aromantic. Yep. But it definitely has those good shonen shippy vibes that I like. Yes. We're going to go get Tsukasa back because he's going to be a fighter because he's a boy. Yes. Well, and specifically, he's a better fighter than Kohaku is. Yes, we do know that. And um, we did like set up him being refrigerated back home. So. Yeah, I, I had forgotten about that, too, which was a like a neat like mini reveal for me of like, hey, so we have the petrification device and the revival fluid. We can heal Sukasa. Yeah. And it's like, oh, yeah, that's going to be so cool. Because I loved they cut back to like one of the first chapters where they revive him and he's like, Hey, don't worry about it. I'll do the fighting for you. Yeah. 
And they had a similar moment when he refrigerated him. Yeah. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah, so pretty good. Yeah. That brings us to something you wanted to talk about this week, which is Mission Yuzakura Family, Mission 25, Information. Yeah, so I just, I really liked this chapter. I felt like it was a good resolution to dealing with this fake politician spy guy. You know, it was like, what's the kid's name? Taisei? No, that's not right. Taiyo, that's right. I was like, no, Taisei is that canceled manga that we <laughs> shall never speak of again. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I really like Taiyo's fight with the spy dude when he manages to kind of trick him by, and it cuts back to the elder brother being like, yeah, so when you get start getting famous in the spy world, people start figuring out a ton of information about you, but the best way to defeat somebody is to make them think they know everything about you and then show them something else. And so he imitates the one government agent guy's technique, but he's like, it's okay to for it just to be imitation. It doesn't need to be flawless. So they show like as he's doing the, they call it like stepping on flowers. It like injures his foot as he's doing it because he's not perfect at it. So he's like able to kind of copy the technique to a level where it just throws the other guy off. And he was like, what? How, I ha There's no way he could learn that. They also set that up a little bit in this chapter by having that government agent fight three generic shonen bad guys who yes. show up. Be like, we are the generic spy brothers. We have different colored attacks. Ho ho. Well, I mean, they were the three guys that the other spy had been using. Like, yeah. it's not like they'd come out of nowhere, but they're like, hey, we use three different colors and you can't defeat our color combination. And the government agent is just like, he explains his walking on flowers technique where he's like, nope, you didn't stand a chance. I was just struck by how if this gets an anime adaptation, that'll 100% be like a 10-minute scene with them showing off their powers before they're defeated. Yes. Whereas in the manga, all the space they have is a couple panels, yeah. which is correct for each medium. I was just really struck by that. Yeah. What I was really struck by before we get to the conclusion of this chapter is how shonen this chapter was. And that tends to be when I like Mission Yozakura is when it leans into that. Mm -hmm. Like the stepping on flowers is very flash step and I get very bleach feelings in particular from this. Yes. And like I said, the zany comedy, sometimes it works in particular, like chapter two of this, I actually, I absolutely adored. Yep. And sometimes it doesn't. It's just really interesting to see how this has to go towards a, or is pressured to go towards like a shonen battle manga feel. And I don't know if that's the magazine, if that's where it was always intended to go, if the chapters like this, or the ones I like, are also well-liked by voters, and so that influences the creator to go this way. Possible. Similar to Yui Kamiyo, although I like Mission Yuzakura more than I like Yui Kamiyo, probably. Yeah. Or at least I think it's better. I don't know if I like it more honestly, but I do think it's better. It's just interesting to see how sometimes things are shaped like this. Like one of the things I liked about Mission Yuzakura, even when it wasn't my favorite, was it was different than everything else. Yep. And it's losing that to some degrees, which doesn't mean it can't dip back into that comedy or won't. It's just interesting to see that. I think it'll be interesting to have that kind of dichotomy where it can dip back into that zany comedy that's different from the normal shonen comedy. But the trend with shonen manga, and this is falling into it too, is that as the stakes get bigger, the arcs get longer and longer, which makes it harder to dip into those comedy chapters. True. So we'll see where it goes, but little spoilers for reading ahead. We got a little bit of insight into this after reading Bakuman. 
So <laughs> there's that too. That's definitely on my mind when I bring this up too. Yep. But I was thinking about that before I even read Bakuman. Yep. But the end of the chapter, the politician's like, "Okay, you beat me. I'll tell you." And then he's shot in the throat before he can tell Tayo anything about his family. Yeah, uh, impossibly so. Like they're inside a room. He gets shot from like above, and they're like, "What? There isn't a bullet hole or anything." They're like, "How did he get shot? We're the only ones in the room." Well, but the government guy's like, "It must have been an assassin." I get that, but, like, I just thought yeah. it was... No, I see what you're saying. Even the government guy's like, I don't know where that came from. Like, that, this is crazy. But then somehow he's able to give Tayo information, like, to go to a, a spot where he's hidden the information. Yeah. Which, like, read a little weird to me. It doesn't ruin the chapter or anything. But actually... kind of like, when did he manage to... So that was actually the thing that really impressed me was that this has this so he was this information guy who was actually kind of a nice guy and he knew Tayo was following him from beforehand that's true so i feel like he set this whole thing up and was like hey if you manage to beat me i'm going to give you this information to help you out or maybe even if he didn't lose he would be like hey here's this thing yeah i am okay with that i like all everything you've said so far i'm just like when did he when was he able to tell tayo hey like, here's where you need to go to get this information. He he handed him a slip of paper. Did he? I missed that. Yeah. Okay. So in his so when he was like, Here, Tile, let me tell you, and he knew he was going to die, in his other hand he had a slip of paper okay. that had like a map. Because in one of the panels, Tiles is like the map led me to this tree, and that's where he goes to the tree and finds the information that he needed. Okay, that's what I missed was the okay. map in the hand. Okay, yeah, I thought I was like, no, I mean, it makes sense that this guy would have set this up beforehand. No, but no, yeah, th- that I'm absolutely fine with. There's yeah. no problem with that in my head. And I that's agree. A, he's definitely the sort of character who would set this sort of thing up. Yeah, and he's that. It's that spy move of he's like, I know I'm going to get executed for trying to talk to you, so I'm going to try and talk to you so that they execute me. But I'm going to give you the information anyway. Yeah. Like, in a different way, you know, misdirection kind of thing was, I really liked that. So that's why, one of the reasons why I really wanted to talk about Mission Yosakura Family this week was I really liked that conclusion. That will bring us to We Never Learn, Chapter 148, The Ephemeral Mermaid Sprinkled into the Promised X part. I didn't write it down. Seven, I believe. What did you think of We Never Learn this week, Kevin? I really liked We Never Learn this week, too. Me, too. The moment that really got me was when, what, I can't think of the older girl's name suddenly. Konami. Konami is giving him a ride on the scooter, and she's like, hey, hold on tight, though. Yep. And, like, I really liked her reaction. She was like, no, like, actually hold on to me. And, like, that moment of weakness for her, I thought, really worked. Yeah. Well, in a way that, like, with Fumino and Ogata, I felt kind of they didn't quite get the moments I wanted them to. Yeah. That very much is the moment for Konami I wanted. I don't have much more to say about it. At that moment, specifically. Also, of course, Sensei starts driving him to the airport. Yeah. Uh, even though she has a good line about aiding and abetting student truancy. Yes. I really love Shuru. She's like, I would have gotten a, I'll get a salary or like a salary hit. But I knew another teacher who would have taken a salary cut to do something exactly like this. Talking about Yugi's dad. Yeah. And I, I really like that moment of she's like, this is my, this is my chance to pay him back for all the times that he helped me out. Yeah. And I also really like that she calls Konami. She's yes. Okay. Like, and uh, she gets stuck in traffic and can't. And he's like, I'll walk the rest of the way. Yeah. And she's like, it's like 10 kilometers and it's raining out. I do love before he meets Konami when he's he's running and he's like, God, I should have spent more time exercising <laughs> instead like, why of studying. Why did I get swole? <laughs> 
All those times I had to carry girls around, it would have been very helpful to me. Yes. All the shenanigans I could have avoided if I was just more small. Yes. And then he starts to collapse and he collapses right into Konami's chest. Then she even mentions that. She's like, going right for the boobs, Kohai, huh? (laughs) I like that bit too. Yeah. Like I said, this was a very good chapter. Yes. And last but not least, I wanted to talk about Zipman 011, Our Lives Changed. Because it's a really big shift in the status quo. Yes. And Zipman's been pretty far back in the, at least the online release, which I assume mimics the actual magazine, which makes me wonder if it's not doing very well. Now, they don't organize it according just to popularity anymore. Yeah. But with a new series being the one shoved in the back, it doesn't seem like it bodes well to me. No. And this is a pretty dramatic shift. Yeah, this definitely had a vibe. This had a I'm getting canceled vibe. Yes. Like. Or if I don't do something. Oh, yeah. Or if I don't do something, I'm going to get canceled. Because, But it it has been going long enough to start getting popular, like the votes back in. Yeah. Because it takes. Eight weeks is my understanding. Yeah, I think it's eight weeks to compile them. So by chapter chapter eight, they start getting popularity results in. Like the, the full results in. They get like early results in very quickly but to get like the full popularity results they've got to wait eight days to get all the mail in but it definitely had that shift of like is it man getting canceled yeah this could have been the final chapter in a different world yeah uh, i don't think with 11 it would have been anyway but yeah they it's not like a huge time skip but china knows everything now and it's just kind of like yeah and then they told me everything well and the one thing that kind of bothered me about the time skip is it seems like so before the time skip his brother got like absorbed and possibly deleted yes and, and they we, didn't deal with that at all yeah it's not even really clear i mean i'm pretty sure he's still gone and i assume that we're setting that up but yes i agree with you that's the big emotional hook and i really would have liked to see the conversation with china yeah that's like kind of what i'm here for yeah there were definitely bits about this i liked yeah, um, it, it just seemed like a clip show to be like, uh, hurry the story along. We need to get to the good stuff. Yeah, and now we had time for a montage. It's like, but but the story's not a montage. <laughs> Gotta have a montage. And then Sora played all the Disney worlds and the plot <laughs> happened. Yes. Yeah, it was just very weird. I didn't dislike it, per se. I did kind of because of that. Like... Not answering the question of what happened to it, not even like addressing the question the, of what happened to his brother. The last page kind of seemed like it did to me with the place that the chairman is like holding the showdown, being his brother's company, and like that image we see like a Jackman suit. Yeah. So I assume that's going to get dealt with next week. I definitely see where you're coming from, though. It definitely was. A, let's ignore all these quick pressing questions. I guess I liked it more than, like I said, I had issues with Zipman's last arc. Yeah. And so I guess I liked it more than that. Yeah, it was just the the that and the kind of like I'm getting canceled vibe. So it's either kind of doing what Yui Kimio tried to do and doing a shift in how it approached things, which for us actually seemed to be working. So maybe it'll work for this one. But yeah, and like I said, I liked Zipman until this last arc. So like a slight retooling might work. But the yep. problem wasn't where the characters were. Yeah, the problem wasn't really story. Yeah, so we'll see. All right, that about does it for what we're going to talk about in depth. Next up, we have Jump Card.
Jump Card is the segment where we rank everything we read from least good to most good, like a jump survey. We Everything we read, not just what we talk about. So what do you have at number 19, Kevin? I have a Gravity Boys at number 19. <laughs> it's a good spot for it. Yeah. I actually have Chainsaw Man at number 19, though. Because, boy, I just I couldn't care about anything in Chainsaw Man this week. I liked Chainsaw Man slightly more because it had the one guy, like, it had some cool power things, whereas, like, Santa can make puppets out of people that, like, infect you zombie style. Yeah, I do like that idea, but I, there was something about no, it's the way not it was great. presented. No, I, just, I yeah. do not care for it. No, that that's fair. I just... Uh, Gravity Boys was just like, hey, there's another ship, and it's all more dudes. I, do, I don't care. And a fembot. Oh, wait, all dudes. And one of them has a crush, crush on Chris. Yeah. Like the rest of them did at one point. Yeah. Oh, what do you have at 18? I have Mutama at 18, because it got two chapters, and neither <laughs> of them were good. That's so that's, that's taking up jump real estate for crap. Yeah, I was going to say, I just marked, I just ranked them as one as well. So yeah. it's a good thing we did that. I have a Gravity Boys at 18, because it's not good. What do you have at 17? I have Mashal at 17. I also have Mashal at 17. I mean, I liked it more than a Gravity. Yeah. I liked it more than Matama a Gravity because I at least, the joke at the end with him being explained like, dude, you could be expelled. And he's like, big deal. Wait, actually, that no, that, deal yeah, me. he's like, wait, no, that would actually be a very big deal. I was like, all right, that was pretty funny. Yeah. What do you have at 16. I have Chainsaw Man at 16. Gotcha. I have Mitama at 16 because while I don't think it was great, it made me laugh more than that one joke in Mashal did. Okay. So I put it above. So I have Zipman down on at 15. And like I said when we were talking about it, I just I wasn't a big fan of it. Yeah, I can totally get that. I don't have it super high either. I guess I'm more interested in the sudden shift of direction, and that's why I kind of put it higher. Even yeah, though I think I agree with all your criticisms. Yeah, well, and I liked the last arc a little bit more than you. You so definitely did. I was like, oh, it's getting canceled. Cool. My backup plan is screwed. <laughs> well, we'll just have to pick. I don't know. Promise Neverland? We both like that. <laughs> That's also ending, Jeremy. <laughs> oh, no. All the good stuff. It's One Piece. One Piece will be there for us forever. Kevin. Yes. I'm happy with that, but damn. I, I imagine the editor-in-chief must be like that, too. It's like, it's okay. I can cling to One Piece like a life raft. I guess my hero's not ending, either. Yeah, I was like, we've got One Piece. we got my hero. It's Black uh, Clover. Black Clover might shoot up way in the rankings all of a sudden. Act Age doesn't seem like it's going anywhere. Yeah, so it's not like everything's losing, but it's like, ah, uh, some of these big, you know, we just lost Food Wars. It does seem like Jump needs some good new blood, doesn't it? Especially because Demon Slayer definitely could be that, but if it's ending, then it can't be that. Yes. Where are we, 15? I have Hell's Paradise at 15. I didn't dislike it or anything. It just felt really disjointed. It reminded me of when we first started reading Hell's Paradise, where I just had trouble tracking anything and knowing what was going on. I think that's intentional. Yeah. With the chaos going on, it just didn't really work for me. Yeah. So I have Black Clover at 14. It's like, hey, you prepared for some fights next week? Here you go. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I liked some of it, so I put it a bit higher, but you're definitely right. Yeah. So it's not like I didn't like it. It was just like I had that moment of like, oh, so nothing like I'm I'm actually interested. Like some of the stuff seems really cool, but just the oh, so nothing's going to happen. Okay. Yeah. It's definitely a transition chapter. I have Jujutsu Kaisen at 14. More definitely happened, and I like the explanation of Gojo. Yeah. 
it just also seemed like a nothing really happened chapter to me, actually. Other Fair. than explaining where these guys came from. Yep. So I have Haikyuu at 13. Me as well. It's a good, pretty good chapter of Haikyuu. I really like the moment where the guy on the opposing team is like, wait, is that is that the ninja? From and Brazil? He, yeah, is that the ninja from Brazil? My kids won't stop talking about that. <laughs> He's like, they want to become beach volleyball players because of that guy. And then one of his former teammates being, he did it. He figured out a way to be his own decoy. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I liked that moment. I'm like, that that was really cool. I really like that kind of arc for him of he's like, yeah, I, I always wanted to, like, be super popular. But then I realized I had to be the decoy for other people. But now I can be the decoy for myself. Like yeah, Agreed pretty much on all counts. It was about as much as I've enjoyed a Haikyuu chapter. Other than those early ones we really liked. Yep, for... <laughs> Not for no reason, but just, man, did we pick a, pick a good time to start reading Haikyuu. And then enough time for it to immediately drop off a cliff. Yep. What do you have at number 12? I have Jujutsu Kaisen at number 12. I just really like the bit where they're like, Gojo Sensei just kind of like changed all the rules. Like, he just literally, you know, we were we were kind of like, Livy, happen, get free, like everything was great. And then this guy showed up and it was like, everything is fucked. This is the new world order. <laughs> Yeah, I definitely like that story. Like, everything Jujutsu Kaisen enough I enjoyed. I have Black Clover at 12. Mm -hmm. I think I just like some of the character interaction stuff. I That's what I like in Black Clover. Yes. When they get to hang out, and Asta's going to fight a guy. Yeah. So I have Undead and Luck at number 11. The power explanation really got confusing, I think, yeah, from I a translation standpoint. I get what they're going for, but it is like a weird thing and it's not very well explained. No. So I was like, this seems cool, but stupid. <laughs> well, that's how I feel about everything in Undead Unluck. So. Yeah. So I was like, it's kind of, you know, near the middle of the pack. I was like, oh, it was good. I had a fun time. Oh, uh, where are we? 11? Yeah. I have Zipman at 11. Because like I said, it interested me more than say Black Clover or Haikyuu. But I do agree with all your criticisms. Yep. So I have Hell's Paradise at number 10. I just liked some of the, even though they were very random, some of the character interactions a lot more. It's like, all right, everybody's like done with their battles and getting ready to like start going again. Yeah. So that was really good. I have Dr. Stone at 10. I definitely liked it. There was just a lot of really good stuff in Jump this week, as you could probably tell from us talking about it yes. earlier. So I have Guarding the Witch at 9. I do as well. Like I said, the... The tropey thing just kind of got to me. So yeah, it was still I, I good. I agree with you, but yeah. it was still good. Yeah, still good. Looking forward to the fight. It started off really cool. I really liked his technique with like the flying guillotine or something like that, where he literally he has his witch summon a guillotine of metal that he rams at his opponent. I was like, that that was a really cool technique to start off the fight with. So I have Dr. Stone at number eight. Good. I actually don't have, okay. like, since we talked about it. So. I have Undead and Luck at eight. Okay. I don't want this new villain to die, though, is, I guess, the problem. I want them to stick around, but they can't just keep going to new people and trying to knock them off to join. Yes, they can. That actually, <laughs> that was like, that could be a way to kind of move through. Or to introduce the entire crew before yeah. they kill the last before one. Before they last, the last one. Or, or not the like, last one dies of a heart attack before they get to him. Like, that would be funny. Good spot for you. That would be funny for you. So that could be a cool way to introduce the cast is we're just going to keep running through the gauntlet and being like, nope, I actually like you, can't kill you. Nope, actually like you, can't kill you. We'll see. It might not be, they might not go through the whole cast, but this might be a way of introducing some more of the characters. What do you have at Lucky 7? I have the Promised Neverland at Lucky 7. 
it was good promise neverland this week it just i don't know i kind of i kind of didn't like the feeling like i liked the turnaround that peter was like haha i tricked you but i didn't like the again turnaround of just like no we had extra dudes with machine guns standing outside the <laughs> control room like it was good but it just it I don't know if they were play acting or if he legitimately tricked Ray, Emma, and Norman. I was like, come on, you guys are super geniuses. I thought, like, you know, it's like, haha, I tricked you. And it's, haha, I knew that you knew that I would cheat. Yeah, but that's the best episode of Samurai Jack. It, that is the best episode of Samurai Jack. I've really liked the action flow in Promise Neverland lately, so it ranked higher for me. I got you. I have One Piece at seven, actually. I did really like the Odin stuff, and I liked that it was coming to a close. But like I said, really good stuff in Jump this week. Yep. So I have Mission Yours Occur at number six. I really saw a chapter. I really liked the conclusion. I really liked the Shonen fight stuff. It was just all very good. I have Demon Slayer at six, actually. I did really enjoy it, but like I talked about my reservations when we were talking about it. Yeah. It hurt it just a little bit. It's still very good. So I have one piece up at five. I I really like the Odin, you know, I'm Odin and I was born to boil as he gets like the entire, like the crowd into it. And like everybody across the country is suddenly all for Lord Odin. They're like, oh my God, Orochi's a monster. I can't believe all of this stuff. Like we thought he was acting like an idiot, but he was actually protecting all of our lives. How could we have done this to him? I like that. I just, like I said last week, kind of feel it's been done better in one piece before. Yes. Still strong. I have act age at five. Okay. I don't really know that I have anything else to say about it. I have a number four. Yeah. That's where I put Promise Neverland. Okay. I have Demon Slayer number three. I didn't have the reservations because I knew this was the final arc or basically knew. Like, I don't remember if I... I might have heard beforehand that it this was the final arc. They might have mentioned it along with Promise Neverland. Yeah, probably. But it's kind of like, we're fighting the final villain. And it's not just the final villain. It's like, they're literally going to exterminate demons. It's true. <laughs> but then the Saiyans can come from space and they can fight the plant people. I, I mean, space. that's fine. But like, it seems like everything's coming to a head. And it just this seems like a very good place to end the series. As much as I would love the series to continue, if I can't see a path moving forward, it's like, no, the series can end. I can be sad that it's done, but happy that I enjoyed the ride, as opposed to doing the sitcom thing where we go an extra 17 volumes and it's like, oh. Well, you definitely don't want to bleach it. And I'll be super excited whenever this guy gets another series. That's for sure. Yep. Where are we? Number three? Number three. That's where I put Mission Yuzakura family. Because I did really like both the chapter and what it sets up for the future. Yeah. So I have Samurai 8 at number two. Same. As is really good. I like the- Until that ending. Until that ending. But as like, ah, the Anna Hachimaru stuff was really good. Yes. And it just gets, even if the ending wasn't there, I still feel like it would have gotten beaten up by We Never Learn just because We Never Learn is in its conclusion and is just- Super strong. The, yeah, hitting those strong points. And it's also exactly what I wanted last week, this week. Yes. So yeah, we never learned. Very, very good. We'll probably stay up there till it's done, like Food Wars did. We'll see. Probably. That about does it for this segment. We will be talking about Bakuman Volume 2 after the break. So we read Bakuman Volume 2, since we are going to be reading that all year long this year. Yeah. What did you think of Volume 2, Kevin? 
I really liked Volume 2. Yeah, it really continues the momentum. Yes. It's not really a surprise since these creators are so good at that. They've got experience with it. Yep. Platinum End, I don't super love. Of their manga, it's definitely my least favorite. Yeah, I still need to catch up on that. Like, it's kind of just languishing by the wayside because I'm like, I don't want to have read like two chapters in the middle and try and catch up from there. I'm just going to at some point pick it up and go through it. But like, especially with Bakuman, they're really, really good at carrying momentum through. Yeah. And stuff will come up like eight chapters later and you're like, oh, that just happened, though, it feels like. But it was eight chapters ago. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard with when we return to something like this to talk about it. So we're going to have to figure out how we're going to do that when we're returning to stuff so regularly. But yep. I like I said, it put me in a mode of thinking about manga and cancellations and stuff like yep. that since they're trying to get into jump. Yeah, and that was one of the things I really appreciated about this was kind of the explanation on how jump works. It's like this is really cool for me being a manga fan, kind of like learning how Shonen Jump is made from the inside. And you can't tell how fictionalized it is. And also, it was 10 years ago. A yeah. More than that. This was coming out. All the Shonen Jump office is like covered in One Piece and Naruto stuff, which yep. I guess it probably still is, even with Naruto having been over for over five years now. Yeah. And some Yu-Gi-Oh! 3D stuff for car games on motorcycles thrown into. Yes. But I do really like that. And it is nice and tense. Also, the female characters I find oddly very strong in this. In particular, Shujin, who is Takagi, the writer's new now girlfriend. Yes. She's like a super like strong character in that she has a lot of presence. Yes. I really adore her for that. And also physically strong. Yes. Also, yes, she does beat people up because she used to do karate boxing. Yes. And I like the development of the relationship between, and I'm going to forget characters' names, but the artist. Takagi. And- I thought Takagi was the writer. Oh, you're right. You know, Ma- sorry. Mashiro is the artist. And I- Aiko? My- Maiho? Uh, Maho is her Maho. last name, I believe. Or it might be her first name. I don't remember. I- either way, the kind of evolution of the relationship between them. And I really love the moment where the writer and his girlfriend are talking. And she's like, I don't see why they just don't date now. And he's like, well, it's because they she she sees to herself that I don't have enough time to devote to trying to follow my dream and having a relationship right now. So if I were to be in a relationship with him, which I desperately want to be, it would kill his dream. Like there's no way he could draw manga and be in relationship with me. It would be impossible because of like how in love we are. So that's why we need to wait till our dreams are, have come true before we can start to have this relationship. Yeah, I really like him putting it together. That was specifically what I was talking about. When okay. they call something back that happened like eight chapters ago. Yeah. Where they're like sit next to each other so they can like write notes to each other. Yeah. And he's like, hey, does it have to be after our dreams come true? And she starts crying. Yes. And like he's like super upset about it, but Takagi eventually figures out it's like, no, it's because she wants to. Yeah. But she also recognizes she shouldn't. Yeah. That's well, why she was crying, not because she was upset at the suggestion. Specifically, I think it was Takagi who figured it out yeah. and not the artist. It was and Takagi. The, but the artist did kind of have the thing of like, oh, okay, that makes sense. Like, he's the one who's explaining it, but they both figured it out. So I really liked a lot of the emotional things where he's like, I'm forced to sit next to her during school, but we can actually, I love his, well, I can't believe she didn't tell me about the move. Well, did you give her your email? No. <laughs> like she gave me 
hurts, but I I've, I've never se- yeah I've never sent anything. I was like, yep, that's. Uh, I also love that he spent he like agonizes over writing a message, and he's like, "What? There's a fifteen thousand character limit, and I hit it." I think it's a five thousand character limit. Is it? Yeah, oh. but still. And she just says, "Law, your message is too long." Long, yes. Yeah, it's quite good. I also really like their editor, who is introduced. I didn't write his name down. In yeah. This chapter that they meet with, and he's like, "Ah, oh, they might be better than Ag, who is this super genius fifteen-year-old rival character they've established." Yeah. Uh, I, in a couple of years. Yeah, I really like his thing of like, so there's two types of popular manga artists. The dudes who just are geniuses and just nail it. They're just like, here's my manga, and they there, just draw what they want. There's Arichio Odai, and there's everybody else. Well, yeah. <laughs> I think I think if you were to actually break it up, there's Arichio Odai, the people who make a manga that just happens to nail it and then the people that calculate and yeah. so he's like you seem to be the person who kind of calculates your way through and i think that person can be more he's like he says it interesting where where he's like it's hard for them to do it he's like no let me back up i think they are more he's like i wanted to try and say they're more successful because if you're the genius who makes a popular manga cool you made one Unless you do it again, which is extremely difficult, you're probably, it's like you're, you become a one-hit wonder, and there's a bunch of people that are like, now I want to draw this, and nobody likes it, versus the person who calculates their way through it has a much better chance of being able to figure out, all right, how do I make a popular manga? All right, let me try this. Let me try, you know, and they can, like, continue to succeed. But Odai is, like, above that. I wonder... I don't know if this is true, but AG, we find out more about him. And he's like, they literally like, he breathes manga. And he's like, yeah, I'm just uncomfortable if I'm not drawing. And he's got all these discarded ideas that he just made. And like, oh, this is super good. I wonder if he's to some degree supposed to be a stand-in for Odai specifically. Uh, it's probably multiple people they knew. But like, probably. also, the people who write this are a duo of a writer and artist who have to split the money, who have now had three jump-worthy manga. So I yep. wonder if... They're kind of self-inserts in a way. It's very interesting, regardless. Yeah, it is very interesting. I also love that AG constantly does sound effects, like, swing, swoosh, and he'll just be doing that kind of stuff. And he's like, I, I'm not comfortable if I'm not drawing. And he, like, he's literally, even when people are talking with him, he's, like, sitting there drawing his panels and stuff. Yeah. Like, they go to meet him, like, and ask his parents if it's okay to move to Tokyo, and he's not engaged because he's just drawing manga yep. the entire time. He's still somewhat paying attention, but it's, like, that autistic level of, like, I'm just making manga, and, like, he's not making eye contact or really acknowledging you, even though he does respond to them a couple of times. And to be clear, while I do think Odai is a crazy person, I don't think he's that particular crazy person. I think this no. is greatly exaggerated. But yes. I kind of wonder if that's how they see him, because they keep talking about, like, oh, we just want to be number one once. And mostly this is the uncle character. He's like, yep. I've been everywhere. I've been from 20 to 2. Yep. You know, my manga's been everywhere, but I would like to be number one just once. Yeah. And I kind of wonder if, like, you have to be in the same magazine as Odai, if that's how you feel. Not that One Piece is number one every week. Yeah. Yeah. But I do love, especially when he's explaining how the, like, the early readings and the, so he explains for the Shonen Jump, they get the early readings where they take, like, the first hundred results that they get in. From, the, com- from the popularity from poll. From the popularity poll. Then you get the, like, the actual results where they take 
like a thousand and run it through a computer. And then he's like, then we get a third batch that we do not show the artists and only the editorial staff use, which I'm assuming is all of them. Yeah. And he's like, so manga that are kind of towards the lower end of the spectrum are the type of people who really like the early readings and want us to explain the full rankings as well. Where they're like, hey, maybe we, you know, how did this chapter do? Okay, maybe I need to change this. How did this chapter do? No, I need to keep doing that. Versus when they're uh, more towards the upper end, they're just like, I don't care about any of that. Just tell me if I'm number one. Yeah, which I do like. Yeah. Um, did I make number one? No. No. All right. <laughs> <laughs> what? Number two to one piece again? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. That's fair. And this is the era of Naruto, Bleach, and One Piece when this yes. is being published, when they are like the indomitable three. Yeah. Not that that really comes up with this fictionalization, but they get used as one piece. I was like, One Piece specifically does come up where he's like, we should be number one. And he's like, how the hell can we be as popular as One Piece? <laughs> well, in the first one, they were literally like, I think just generationally speaking, it's impossible to like, there aren't enough readers to beat One Piece. Yep. But yeah, I also really like that the editor's like, well, you have this really weird realistic style and you write like a novel and you do these super high concept science fiction stuff. Yep. So like you actually only need two in ten people to vote for you to be considered like popular. Yeah. So like you should be chasing the niche demographic. Yeah. Instead of tr because you're not good at creating a shonen hero and like you're much more geared towards adult readers. Yeah. When like teenage sophisticated readers are the majority of the demographic anyway. Yep. And I really like that, but I also really like that this volume ends with them like having relative success at that. They get into the quarterly jump. Yep. And they end up in the initial poll being number one. Yes. But then drop just barely to number three. Like yep. number one is a runaway, but they're number three by four votes yep. in the extended poll. Yeah. And it's like you technically kept the same percentage, but he yeah, yeah, yeah he picked up he explains that ag picked up more votes afterwards like his got word of mouth so the people who like you kept the same percentage of people who buy jump consistently probably like right when it comes out are a lot of the ones who voted for you but he was he grabbed the demographic of people that hey this is awesome well i should go grab that jump you know i should go grab the comic and read it and then voted like he got the back end of everybody yeah, and so they're like, hey, we should just try to be popular. Like, we should do it. It'll be hard, but that doesn't mean we shouldn't try it. Yep. And, like, he only was saying that for this chapter. He doesn't necessarily mean forever. Yeah, he was like, I think if you're going to do this, you should try and go for that niche market. And I think they're st I'm hoping that they're he's going to push them to still have their unique brand on things. Like, don't just make a shonen battle manga, make it your shonen battle manga. Like, you do need some way to stand out of the pack. Yeah, and I really like the editor character, like I said. Yeah. How he's, like, super in their corner, but he's also like, yeah, when they're out of high school, they're going to be amazing. Because they're so good in high school right now. But I don't even think, like, Edgy should get his whole series. They just want to, like, promote him as this high school prodigy. Yeah. I think it's bad for his development. So when they get out of high school, they could, like, be much better than him. Yeah, but... but Mashiro in particular is like, no, I got to get a series as fast as possible because of this weird deal I have with my not girlfriend. Yep. I want to be married by 18. So therefore, we need to get our <laughs> manga serialized and get an anime by 18. So I do like that push, but I do like that the editor is like, these kids are really good and they're growing really fast, but I want them to continue to grow. And I, I like that bit where he's like, I think honestly, this is bad for AG. Like... Sure, he seems great now, but if he gets into the professional 
world now, it's going to kind of suck. Yeah, he's going to be too focused on doing it weekly, and he won't necessarily be able to grow. Yeah. I also like the when they get AG to move to Tokyo, he's yeah, like, I, I have bring this up too. Okay. I have one condition. If I become the number one manga in Shonen Jump, I want the ability to kick any manga out of the magazine that I don't like. And the editor is anyone, basically- he says specifically. Yes, not anyone. Like, not like I want rain over it, but I want the one veto, basically. Yep. And the editor in chief's like, no. No. <laughs> yeah, I really like that. And he's like, are you sure about that? Listen, if you make number one, we'll talk about it again. And the answer will be fucking no. I really like how that raises the stakes, too, though, because they're setting up this rivalry that at this point is pretty one sided. Yes. But it is like a huge like raise of the stakes if Edgy can like be number one and say, no, get rid of those two guys I'm competing with. Yep. Yeah, I do like that, but I definitely love the editor in chief being like, no. No. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. I also love that the editor in chief editor in chief was the editor of Mashiro my, my heroes? Mashiro's uncle. Mashiro's uncle. Yeah. And yeah. so he kind of helps them out just a little bit when they first get their meeting. Or not when they first get their meeting, but they their editor takes them to a meeting in the jump offices because he's like, ah, oh, crap, I forgot the things up in the office and I can smoke up there. You want to just come meet with me? He's like, just put these guest patches on. It'll be fine. And I, they meet with Middle the, schoolers have field trips up here all the time. Yeah. And he's like, eh, it'll be fine. And then the editor-in-chief comes in and he's like, uh, he kind of gives them some advice and is basically like, I noticed by that kid's name, but that that's that guy's nephew. And he was like, I really had that great impression of him when – he was like, we canceled this series, and I was the one who had to tell him, and I felt so bad about it. But he's like, you know what? That's honestly a huge weight off my chest. Now I just need to make a good manga. Because he yeah. comes in with, oh, is there any kind of like trick to politicking our way through? He's like, no. If it's a good manga, it will make it into jump. Well, specifically, they're like, we could like force our way up this way, right? And their editor's like, no. Like They'd think you were cocky, and like they'd probably just ignore it. And then the editor comes in like, that wouldn't happen. If it's good, it'll get into jump. Also, you guys are not good. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, and I, I like that, but he's like, if you if it's if it's good, you will make it into jump. Like that is the very basis of jump. If you make good manga, it will get in. Yeah. But I also really like the like, yeah, editors make mistakes too. You notice how many Yui Kamios and Neolations there are? Yep. That just go a little bit. Yeah, he's like, canceled. if we were if we were perfect, no series would ever get cancelled. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, it's a really, really good. I'm really excited to read more of it. Yes. Anything else you wanted to say about it? No, I brought up the one thing that I wanted to. Okay. So throughout March, we are going to be doing sports stuff. But before then, we are going to read the other yearly manga that yep. we're going to be yearly, monthly manga. Monthly we're manga. We're doing a monthly, which is actually Flame of Rekka because that gave me really good shonen vibes when we read it. Some of it, I think, is recency bias. There's lots of stuff I liked while we were doing our survey, but that really struck me as that like 90s shonen stuff that got me into anime. So that's what I picked to read every month. So we're going to start with Flame of Rekka Volume 2 next month Yeah. before we do some sports stuff. Until then, our opening theme is Fighting Against One's Will by Midair Machine. Our closing theme is A Psychic Fistfight by Tom W. Emmerich. Other music on the show is by Spectacular Sound Productions, and our album art is by Kate Wind on DeviantArt. www.lastpodcast.com is our website where you can check out past episodes of this podcast if you want to see what we thought of Bakuman Volume 1 www.patreon.com slash last podcast is our Patreon that supports all the last podcast shows. There's not a ton of content from this one up there, but there is what's a Gundam. If you want to hear Kevin struggling with Gundam wing. Yeah. Anything you want to plug this week, Kevin? Not this week. All right. Have a great week, guys.
Palestine.